Let's get right into this. Turn your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 5. The title that I have for you this morning is Grace and the Free Gift of Righteousness. Grace and the Free Gift of Righteousness. What we want to do today is consider... A few doctrines or teachings from the book of Romans, which which actually serve to make up the reality of salvation in our lives today. I love the book of Romans. From this one particular book, we derive pretty much all the doctrines that we know in existence concerning our faith today. And today, we, obviously, we can't look at all the doctrines from the book of Romans, but we're going to consider some of them. Um, and the purpose is just simply to equip God's people with the basis, the reality of our salvation here today. And I would, I, I, I would imagine that not everybody here has a firm handle on, say, the doctrine of justification. What does that even mean? Not everybody here has heard of the doctrine of justification. How about sanctification, or righteousness, or wisdom, or grace, or salvation? And the many other doctrines that we derive from this book alone. This is a special book. And it serves the body of Christ well today. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Say amen when you have it. Look with me to verse 15. It says, But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. It's talking about Adam and his iniquity and the result of it. For judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ." Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one, for as the, for as by the one man's disobedience that many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, Grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also may reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we thank you so much for this passage, and we thank you so much for your word. We pray for wisdom this morning. We pray that we may understand what this and so many other things that we can talk about from the book of Romans actually means. What does it mean to us, Lord God, what we just read here this morning? What does it mean when it says that Adam sinned in the beginning and condemnation fell upon all of mankind 
And what does it mean to us today when Jesus Christ died shedding every drop of blood in his body to give us life? What does it mean to us today, Lord God? Help us to understand your word, Lord God, as we get into your scriptures. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. So Romans, I would say, is my favorite book in all the Bible. I love it because it has had the greatest impact in my life. From the very beginning, in 1989, when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ in a prison cell. And by the way, I should say that it's only a matter of time, I would say, when we get through the Bible, as we are doing so in our reading plan, uh, my, my hope is to concentrate our efforts on the book of Romans and maybe go through it verse by verse. I love the book of Romans, and we're going to find out together what God has to say to us uh, through this book. And the book of Romans is interesting for many reasons. As I stated already, we derive all of Christianity's core teachings, its doctrines, its beliefs, from this one book alone. From the, beginning to the, from the beginning to the end, we are presented with the whole doctrine of salvation from this book alone. What are some of the doctrinal truths which make up the doctrine of salvation? We talked about them. We mentioned some of those already. Things like grace and, and, and justification and sanctification. And those are just some of the few that we're going to consider here this morning, which... In my heart and in my mind are important for you and I to understand. We enjoy salvation today. We believe in Jesus Christ here this morning. And if I were to ask, I think I'm looking around carefully and I believe everybody in here this morning knows Jesus Christ personally. But not, not all of us have a firm handle on what makes Christianity possible. The first thing I want to share with you is grace. What is grace? Now granted, I know I'm preaching to the choir because it's easy for you and I to answer this morning what grace is. But did you know that grace is the one thing about God that is least understood in society today? Grace is the one thing about God that in my mind is least understood in society today. If that were not the case, we would not have the hundreds or if not thousands of religions that exist in society today. Religions that are works based and not like ours. That's a wonderful experience solely based on the merits of what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross. What does grace mean? Somebody put it this way. God's riches at Christ's expense. It's, an, it's a, a, a maxim or an acronym. And, and it makes sense, but it's an understatement. Because there's more to grace than just some fancy acronym. God's riches at Christ's expense. What does that actually mean? Look with me to verse 24. I mean, uh, verse 21 through 24 of this passage. It says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, our, our Lord. It's amazing what we read about in these verses. These verses, they speak of God's redemptive work at the cross and His efforts to save you and I. Grace is God's unmerited favor. Let me illustrate it this way before I continue. I got a, a best friend of mine that I grew up with by the name of Danny Serrano. And long ago in the 80s when we were gangbanging in the city of Philadelphia, he got arrested and it was a really, really ugly case. Really ugly case because my buddy Danny was a, um, he's one of the, um, what they call, um, um, he was always into strong arm robbery. He enjoyed wielding a gun. He enjoyed putting a gun in somebody's face. He enjoyed robbing people. He enjoyed that sort of stuff. Even robbing banks, that sort of stuff. It's crazy, right? But it happens. And when he got, after he got arrested, because he was raised as a believer, his mother was a, a faithful Christian to her dying days. She died about five years ago. And after my buddy Danny was arrested, he found himself in prison, and because of the incarceration, it sort of broke him like it did me, and he reconciled his, himself with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was in prison that he really consecrated himself, and he got really close. And after about a year of being behind bars, it was time now for him to go to court, to go to trial. And the main piece of evidence that would have served, that should have served to convict him, was a video. It was clear, because we were present, and it was clear that Danny was in the video. It was clear for the judge to see that he was the culprit and responsible for the particular crime that he had been arrested for. And do, would you believe me if I told you that the judge could not identify him in the video? It was clear to everybody in the room. Except the judge. The prosecutor was speechless. Everybody in the, in the room was speechless. But the judge could not identify Danny Serrano in the video. What did he do? He threw out the case. And Danny was able to walk right then and there. And Danny, that was, that was nearly 30 years ago now. And Danny and his wife. And children, they still worship and serve the Lord to this day in spirit and in truth. Because of the grace of God. The illustration serves as, the, as, a, as, a, as an example of God's unmerited favor upon our lives when we yield our lives to Him. So grace is God's love in action. We know that the Bible says in, in 1 John and all over the scriptures actually that God is love. We know that God is love. But how is God interacting with mankind today? How is God operating or manifesting His love in our lives today? It's called grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. And it serves as the foundation for our salvation. And grace is something that you cannot work for. Grace is something that you cannot earn. It's the free gift of God. And all we have to do is receive it. Amen, somebody? And once we receive the gift of God, God begins His lifelong process of conforming us into the image of His dear Son, Jesus Christ. Is there anything more important this side of heaven than the grace of God? 
absolutely nothing. Is there anybody perfect here this morning? Let me see your hand. Somebody perfect. Somebody perfect here this morning. Right? We are all sinners. We read the verse. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So you and I are in a special place. We need the mercy of God. We need the grace of God. Interact. We need God interacting with us through His grace. And that's exactly what He does. Therefore, to understand grace is to know that God has chosen to interact with us unconditionally. We're going to be talking about grace a little bit more when we get to the book of Galatians because there's a, there's a clash. There's a, the theme has to do with grace and the law. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, the second point here this morning is the doctrine of justification. The doctrine of justification. If grace represents God's dealings with man and serves as a foundation to our salvation, justification represents its impact upon our lives when we respond to God in faith. Grace is how God interacts with us as mankind. Justification is grace's impact upon our lives. And this doctrine beautifully describes this impact of God upon our lives. Justification means declared righteous. If you're not familiar with this doctrine, I encourage you to write that down. It means to be declared righteous. To be considered holy on the merit of Christ's finished work on the cross. And to have His righteousness imputed or applied to us. Just think of that for a moment. How many remember in 1 Samuel chapter 11 when King David found himself perched on high on his palace. And the Bible says that he was looking down off his patio or off his balcony, if you will. And he, he looked upon Bathsheba with lust in his eyes and he sent for her and he committed an atrocity, as far as I'm concerned. An atrocity because he had her husband killed and he took Bathsheba as his own wife. And in Psalms 32, he expresses, after he received forgiveness from the Lord, he expresses what he felt was the grace of God sort of invading his life. He talks about that beautifully. How sin is not imputed. How sin is not applied to our lives when we give our hearts to Jesus Christ. It's called justification. He declares you righteous. How many know Jesus here this morning? Let me see your hand. Come on, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. You know Jesus, right? The beautiful thing about salvation, what makes it work, what makes it tick, what makes it a reality in our lives, is the fact that Jesus, the God himself rather, has declared us righteous. If Jesus resides in your heart, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have been declared righteous. God has placed his seal, his fingerprints all over you. And that when he looks upon you and I today, he looks, he looks upon us and he sees Jesus. He sees perfection. Not that you and I are perfect, because we got our issues, right? I told you once before, I'll tell you again, my issues have issues, right? I got, I got problems. Ask, just ask my wife. Don't know further. Just ask my wife. I got, we all have problems, right? 
But thank me to watch it, Linda. Watch it, Linda. I don't appreciate your tone right by now. All we need to do is look to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And, he, and listen, the, the, the slate is cleaned. It's cleared up. Look at chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Because these verses beautifully, beautifully talk about justification. Chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. One and two. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, that is, declared righteous, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we reje- rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What a joy to know that grace... Or rather that repentance brings us to having peace with God. You and I have fellowship with the Almighty God Himself because of this doctrine. Because of the doctrine of justification. Just think about it. Every religion besides the religion of Christianity. And I don't see it as a religion, by the way. I'm losing, using that term loosely. Christianity is a relationship with our, with our God. A relationship with our Creator. But just think about the, the, the religions that exist in society today. That, that exist in the planet today. They are all works-based. Which means that you have to earn your place. You have to earn your right. So it's man's pursuit of entering heaven. As opposed to just simply receiving the gift of God through Jesus Christ. These two verses tell us that we have peace with God because of justification, number one. But look at the second half, or verse two. It says that through Him, we also have obtained access by faith into grace. It's profound. And I encourage you to take a look at this on your own time, if you will, if you want to further develop this concept in your life. Consider Proverbs 16.7 as an example. Proverbs 16.7 reads, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Just think of the extent of grace and its impact on our lives. Think of the extent of justification. When God declares us righteous, He considers us His friends. He considers us His children. And as such, we're not just ordinary folk. How I many you know that? You're not just ordinary folk. You are special. You are a child of God. And when things go wrong, as they often do in our lives, God looks upon us. He gives a special treatment. That's right. He gives a special treatment. Unmerited favor. He blesses us. So much so that, how many have people that don't, do not necessarily like you? They don't necessarily care for you. Yeah, I don't like her. I don't like him. And Jesus this and Jesus that is just, just flowing out of her pores, just coming out of his pores. I wish he would just shut his mouth. I got people like that in my life. They're still waiting for me to fall flat on my face. But listen, when a man's ways pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's special. I don't have to earn that. I don't have to strive to earn that. All I, have to re- all I have to do is just simply receive. Consider this as an illustration. How many remember when, in the Old Testament, when Jacob was running for years from his brother Esau? Because in his mind, his brother Esau was seeking to kill him. 
But what happened at the end of that story? At the end of the story, after he prepared to die, essentially, his brother Esau comes running into his arms. They embrace and they wept together out in that open field. And here it is. Here it is. Esau probably would have been justified in, in a, at the very least slapping him around a little bit, right? But consider the grace of God at work in this man's life. Joseph was no ordinary Joe. He, I mean Jacob, rather. He was special. He was, a, he, was, he was intimately involved in God's plan to bring in one day our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There was no way God was going to allow anything to befall, something, any harm or danger to befall Jacob. No way. But here it is. After many years of running from his brother, they had peace because of God's grace. Think about what God can continue to fulfill in our church community through this justification, through this amazing grace. God gives us peace with himself through Jesus Christ. But he also gives us peace with one another. It's important to make that point here. Justification not only gives us peace with God, but it ought to bring us together a lot more. And I don't mean necessarily come and get together under this roof. I'm talking about the peace that should exist in our lives as brothers and sisters in the Lord. I know sometimes we look at each other and we consider one another in the natural and we critique and we criticize and we condemn one another. But listen, justification, if we think about it, if you think about what God has done for you in terms of establishing harmony and fellowship with him, think about what this ought to do in your heart and mind toward one another. That is, in fact, the vision of the church. The vision of the church is for you and I to come closer together. Justification is activated by faith. And the end result is a right standing with God through the forgiveness of sin. Number three, sanctification. The Greek word for sanctification is hagiagmos. Can't even pronounce that properly. I'm sure I messed that up. Hagiagmos, sanctification. And we say often that it means to set apart. And in a sense, it means that. But it's, 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 a little, it's a little generic because sanctification is more than that. It's an understatement. Sanctification means purification. It means purity. It means holiness. The effect of consecration in our lives. And sanctification of heart and of life. Sanctification therefore deals with a, of a, of a believer's freedom from the dominion of sin. Look at chapter 6 in your Bible. Romans chapter 6. We're going to look at a few verses here. Verses 3 through 4 and 6 through 7. But remember the context. Sanctification deals with a believer's freedom from the dominion of sin. Verse 3 and 4. It says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Verse 4. 
We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. That's key there. We too may walk in newness of life. Jump down to verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin may be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. That right there, my friends, is the doctrine of sanctification. Colossians, Paul the Apostle in Colossians chapter 1, he puts it beautifully also. How he, as a paraphrase, when he refers to the, the wonderful opportunity that we've been given by God the Father through Jesus Christ to have been translated, consider this, translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You and I are now members of the kingdom of God this side of heaven. Why or how? Because we've been purified. We've been delivered. We've been set free. We've been translated or transferred from one kingdom, from one dominion to another. And Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 6, he goes uh, to length to talk about how we've been freed from the bondage of sin. And as a result, you and I today, we have the liberty, the graceful liberty to actually yield our bodies as instruments of righteousness. It's what... Those are the words that Paul the Apostle uses in Romans chapter 6. I am free today to serve the Lord because of sanctification. I am free today to live out my passion, my desire to serve Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. Before you came to Jesus Christ, how many of you found it easy to live out the moral standard of the Word of God. Yeah, I know. Perhaps we weren't too um, familiar with it, right? But growing up in Philadelphia, my mom would oft, often talk about the Scriptures. She wasn't living it, to say the least, right? No one in my family. I'm fir first-generation Christian in my family. But, it, but we were religious. And from time to time, the Word of God was shared. Special holidays, for example. But no one really understood what they meant. And even more, no one could live out the truth of Scripture because we didn't have the freedom to do so. You get my meaning when I say this? When you come to Jesus Christ in faith, He opens up a window of opportunity. It's called salvation and it's so beautiful. He frees us from the bondage of sin, from the curse of of the law and enables us to actually be able to live out this thing called faith. Without sanctification, it would not be possible. I want to talk about the next few minutes. I want to talk about, I want to share, I want to share something with you because I'm looking at the time and we got a wedding here. Uh, this afternoon and we got to leave here like pronto once we finish we're going to have to leave the sanctuary as quickly as possible uh, we're going to have some some members from the spanish church service coming in and sort of decorating a little bit 
that I think the wedding is scheduled for 1 o'clock or maybe 1.30, something like that. But I want to share something personal, something that I, that I may not have shared before. And it, it, I want it to serve as an illustration. I want it to serve as an illustration of what God has done in my life, what he has done in our lives. It's sort of so that you can, in a practical sense, understand, say, grace and justification and sanctification. What these things actually do to us, do for us. Um, It's not a threat. I promise you, what I'm going to share with you right now is not a threat. You heard that? That wasn't Jesus. That was not Jesus. That was not Jesus. <laughs> I want to share. Let me share. Let me share something personal. I'm just trying to compose myself. Um, one of the things, one of the things that we used to do. <clears throat> In the neighborhood, growing up, in the late 80s in Philadelphia, as a gang, my brothers and I, there you go again, my brothers and I and some friends in the neighborhood, we formulated this, you know, one of the worst gangs in the city's history. And one of the things that I'm guilty of, One of the things that I went to prison for, one of the things that a lot of us went to prison for, was serving contract hits. And the reason why I want to share that, it's not so that you can think for this moment in time that I'm glorifying something from the past, because I'm not. It was absolutely evil. And I was going to hell. And I knew it. But there was this spirit of dominion in the community. Where we would establish a drug corner here. And somebody else would establish their drug corner over there. And from time to time there were arguments and fights going back and forth. And if we felt that another gang was infringing on our property, on our territory, on our clients, on our customers... We take matters into our own hands. <clears throat> One of the things that we would do, aside from the fights and the shootings and the stabbings, was serve contract hits. It was a regular thing in the neighborhood. And it's not something that I make light of today. It's not something that I'm proud of. But today... I'm actually able to live out the truth of Scripture in spite of this creation, the person that I used to be long ago. I mean, it was, the point is that it was who I became to be. And I couldn't escape it. It was my nature, my sinful nature manifesting itself. My sinful nature perfecting itself. And it was who I was, day in and day out. It's what we did on a regular basis. You get my my meaning. And so I couldn't help but to live out the tendencies that I had because of my sinful nature. And the greatest joy that I've ever experienced in my life came when I was finally arrested. 
Because somebody took the time to talk to me about Jesus Christ in a prison cell. And for the very first time in my life, I was able to experience a freedom that I was searching for all of my life. When people are off drinking and drugging and having sex here or partying and all those crazy things, mankind in society today is looking for meaning and purpose. We are striving for life. There isn't a soul in society today that's not looking for meaning and purpose. We all do. Unfortunately, we look in the wrong places. We look for freedom. We look for somehow to encounter the right person or the right thing to fill the void, the God-sized void that we all possess. Only God can fill the void and the emptiness that we all have in our souls. And I looked for it in all the wrong places. But when I got to prison and I said yes to Jesus, I started breathing for the very first time. It was a life that I never thought possible. What happened? What made it possible? Things like the doctrines we talked about here this morning. Grace served as the open door for my freedom. God's unmerited favor. God looked upon me in spite of the person that I was. And he offered me the free gift of salvation. We know this here in this church here today. I said yes to Jesus and he transformed my life. Justification was his impact on my life. Grace is beautiful. When you consider it. But it's even better when you embrace it because He declares you righteous by it. He declares us righteous. He translates us. That last point, sanctification. He translates us from the kingdom of darkness. And today He looks upon us. Yes, you're imperfect. And some of you are having lots of difficulties in life here today. And you think that God is somehow after you. Sometimes we think that God is, he's out to punish us. He's out to curse us. And that is not the case. Nothing could be further from the truth even. God loves us unconditionally. And without him, we cannot be where we are today. He looks upon us and he sees purity because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen, Amen somebody. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, He sees us and He sees His Son. He sees us pure. And that is why one day, very soon, very soon, we are going up yonder. We are going up to heaven. And we are going to find ourselves in the presence of God for eternity. How many of you have taken the time to pick out a piece of real estate? (laughs) I'm serious. Dave, tell them, Dave. You got to pick out a pick of real, a piece of real estate. Heaven is not. We're not going to heaven forever. We are coming back. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, according to the Book of Revelations, and we're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ right here. I got my piece of real estate picked out already. I want to transform California. So you're going to have to leave, Jack. We're going to make some changes beginning with all the regulations here in the state. 
<laughs> Joey, I'm ready. I'm ready for you, bro. It's true, though, isn't it? Because of the blood of Jesus. Stand with me. Stand with me. Because of the blood of Jesus, you and I are in right standing with our Creator. Because of the blood of Jesus, He has marked us and placed His fingerprints all over us. And we get to spend eternity with Him in heaven very soon.
standing here thinking, I know how to do this. I've been here before. Or you may be sitting there, standing there, thinking, I'm so close. I get it. But I'm so close. I, I just don't want to give it up. This is where we come out to God and surrender everything. Surrender what we think is important in our lives. Thank you so much for blessing us today in your presence. Father, thank you so much for the gift of salvation. Thank you so much for your grace and everything else, Father, that makes salvation a reality in our lives today. We pray your blessings on your people, Father. Please minister to us as we prepare to head our separate ways. Please protect us from any harm. Please keep us safe in our automobiles. Please be with us, Father God, until you bring us back again into this place. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. And God's people say, <clears throat> God bless you.